to Cream of the Crap. I'm your host, Pam Montanez, and today I am joined by people pouring wine. Not peeing. Yeah, not Just peeing wine. I swear they're not peeing. <laughs> today I'm joined by you know, really the brains behind this podcast. Uh these girls were the ones around when the idea came to fruition, and um, they are Mary Fiddler, Heather Steinbach, and Lauren Zachary. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having Thank us. Thank you. <laughs> um, so, does anyone remember how the name of this podcast or the idea of this podcast happened like a week and a half ago? Only the specifics, not the title. I remember the statistical portion of 17%. Okay. Then, Mary, do you want to tell us? Well, we went and saw this movie called The Hustle, and and, uh, I saw on Rotten Tomatoes that it only had 17%, and you were like, do you want to see it? And I said, well, yeah, it has 17%, so I'm good to go. (laughs) And that's all I remember. Naturally. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, I think we were standing around outside the theater, and I had already been kind of talking podcast ideas, and then somebody said something about only watching movies that are 17% and under. It might have been me. It might have been you, Lauren. I think Sounds it might be. like the kind of thing yeah, I would suggest. Sounds like the brilliant idea. Yes. And so really, this podcast idea came from this movie. So we really, regardless of how we feel about the movie, we have a lot to thank The Hustle for. Mm-hmm. We yeah. do. We do. Thank you. Now, since then, I don't know if anybody's been checking in on its Rotten Tomatoes rating. Yes. <laughs> no. It is now 15%. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Damn. <laughs> <Fuck>. <laughs> so, um, we have to change the whole podcast. We're starting over. <laughs> All right. So, today, uh, we are talking about The Hustle. And I know Lauren already read a synopsis to the gang before we started recording. But for our listeners, I shall read another synopsis. Josephine Chesterfield is a glamorous, seductive British woman who has a penchant for defrauding gullible men out of their money. Into her well-ordered, meticulous world comes Penny Rust, a cunning and fun-loving Australian woman who lives to swindle unsuspecting marks. Despite their different methods, the two grifters soon join forces for the ultimate score, a young and naive tech billionaire in the south of France. So that was the movie. Thanks for listening. <laughs> uh, main cast is Anne Hathaway, who plays Penny, Rebel Wilson, who plays Josephine. It's rated PG-13. The director is Chris Addison, whose highest movie rating on Rotten Tomatoes is a movie called In the Loop from 2009. Never seen it. Mm-mm. His lowest rated movie on Rotten Tomatoes is The Hustle. Nice. So... Uh, Final thing before we start talking is the critics' consensus, and their consensus their consensus is the hustle stars might make an effective comedy team in a different setting, but this gender flipped remake of a remake adds little beyond its feminine twist. So I'm so sorry. This is a remake. This is a remake. I saw that a lot in the reviews. It's a remake, and the only one that I could kind of find I didn't Google. What is the hustle remaking? <laughs> but um, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, they yes. said, is a remake of that movie. Have you mm. seen that? Mm-mm. Yeah, I hadn't seen Dirty Rotten Scoundrels <coughs> either. Have you seen it? It's possible that I've seen it and don't 
really remember the details, oh, but I do. Right, I then. do want to watch <laughs> yeah. it yeah. now after watching the hustle to see if it is any better. Yeah, surely well, it is. I'll jump in. Just first comment there. Uh, I definitely sensed that this was supposed to be a feminine twist on some kind of con movie. I did not feel like it was some supporting feminism in the slightest. No, no, no. not at all. So, with that said, let's talk about first uh, movie highlights. Was there anything in the movie that you guys did like? <laughs> well, <laughs> I really like it when when I see a French fry get dipped in a toilet and <laughs> shoved in someone's mouth. You know, you're always saying, "Why aren't there more movies where toilets are well, dipped in?" I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always get it wrong, but then I flip it back yeah. around. I was still quoting you. Yeah. <laughs> Pam, as a filmmaker uh-huh. myself, yes, I'm always saying, you know, it's just like, like Stanley Kubrick said yes. himself, yeah, more French fries in toilets, yeah, and this gave me the best version of that that I've ever seen in my life. Well, I just think of comedy greats. You know, who are they? List them. You know them. (laughs) You know, like Mickey Mouse. Like Mickey Mouse. (laughs) Mickey Mouse. Goofy. Goofy. SpongeBob. Pluto. Minnie Mouse. I mean, we can't forget the women. Every single one of them. I've read the biographies for every single one of those comedians. Every single (laughs) one includes French fry toilet comedy. And this movie achieved it. Minnie Mouse. Wow. Autobiography, riveting. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's the only word that was in the autobiography. It's just it's called riveting. Period. <laughs> that was the whole point. <laughs> Polka dots and gloves. I think is what her her first yes. autobiography. Yes. Yeah. It's just a shame that such a good thing was wasted on a bad, bad film. Yeah. Like the hustle. <clears throat> I feel like Mary's pointed out what I thought was the worst part mm-hmm. of the movie because it was so disgusting. But I have to say I didn't, I enjoyed, I just like movies or shows about con artists and I like the cleverness and the wit and the complex plots. Um, so, so I did enjoy that aspect of it and I think the scenery was fun the sets were fun, um, but it, it ultimately was lacking, admittedly, yeah. even though I enjoyed it while I was watching it just because I went in with no expectations afterwards. It was a bit of a letdown. Yeah. I mean, I think I laughed out loud a couple of times. I can't remember because we saw it, you know, a couple yeah. weeks ago. I can't remember what moments those were, but yeah, the South of France is beautiful. You know, obviously it was a well-made movie like film wise um uh yeah i think one of the times that i did laugh out loud w- w- laugh out loud was the first lord of the rings uh trial and error kind yeah. of thing yes yeah, yeah. can we can we yeah. spoil that oh yeah. we... oh this whole thing is gonna be a spoiler okay. it's fine. well yeah so um. it's called lord of the rings mm-hmm uh, Penny mm-hmm. builds a <laughs> three-walled princess room yep. in a dungeon yeah. with one wall, the fourth wall, 
being all glass. Mm. And she hides Josephine in it. Mm -hmm. Penny seduces a rich old man. Oh, I think these names are reversed, but the yeah. rest of the story. Oh, oh I'm so yes. sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Penny is uh, Rebel Penny. Wilson's yeah. character. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So Josephine oh. is yeah. Anne Hathaway. Okay. Yeah. It's fine. Oh, I'm so embarrassed. Don't. Okay. You know what? I'll just that. in post. I'll yeah. Just be like, Penny, Josephine. <laughs> just <laughs> over the right part. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You just get the Google uh, pronunciation. Yeah. Those, okay. those are my impressions of a robot, and I don't think I nailed it. It's pretty one. good. Okay. So, so sorry. So, Rebel Wilson is in the princess room. Mm-hmm. Anne Hathaway brings her new fiance, her rich fiance, down and says, if we're going to get married, we have to bring my sister. She's like, come out, little sister. And she's like a troll girl. And she's very scary. And she thinks that she's a princess. And then the guy gets so scared that he runs away and leaves the the ring. Yes, because he's so scared of taking care of another woman. Right. <laughs> yeah. well, as you a scary be. woman. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's the part that I chuckled at. Because the guy that proposed to her was from Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Hank's character yes. from Breaking Bad. I did enjoy his mm-hmm. appearance. Yes. I will say, though, I feel like with everything that went into these elaborate schemes, it seemed that they would have spent more money on the scheme than how much the jewelry had, or the ring was worth. I was thinking the same Like thing. building a basement with three walls. and so, I mean, yeah. it's a comedy. I mean. It was so elaborate, but like yeah. would never pay off. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm a sucker for Rebel Wilson slapstick comedy. I think. I mean, I think most of those moments that were funny though we saw in the trailer. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you know her black leather dress. Yeah. Looks like a trash bag. Flipping over the closet, um, dr- dresser or whatever, uh, stuff like that. I mean, uh, it's, it always makes me laugh. But we saw most of those moments, I think, in the trailer. Yeah. Still made me laugh. Uh, any other highlights? I can't say so. No. <laughs> no. Okay. Um, moving on then. Low lights. I think we already dug in. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> to dig it in here. Uh, I'll let you guys talk first, though, before I give mine. I feel like the lowest point for me was the end. Oh, yep. Yeah. yeah. That was, was mine. It was yeah. such a letdown. Yeah. Tell us what happened. Well, I don't know. Alert. I'm not the best. <laughs> I'm not the best at giving summaries. But the movie was going, it, it seemed like in a more feminist direction at the very beginning. Although throughout, just kind of that dwindled more and more Quickly. until the end when these con women who were supposed to be outsmarting men and using men's the way that men underestimate them as mm-hmm. as their advantage ended up being outsmarted by a man and had everything and taken from him. a tiny little them. hobbit man too. <laughs> <laughs> he's like a very unimpressive man. Yeah. So Sorry, I, I, I just I, at, at the end I I just thought what what was this trying to make a point? Mhm. And what I just didn't yeah, understand. I, I felt the same. So the whole time, you're exactly right. The premise is that, um, you know, Rebel Wilson starts starts the movie in a train car with this sob story about you know her 
her sister, her beautiful sister who got kidnapped and needs money and like, or she's saving all her money to do that. And then she ends up getting this huge meal and all this stuff. And I think the concept of that is funny, like Mm -hmm. taking advantage of something. I mean, as soon as she's like, do you want cake? I'll take three pieces, you know, like, Mm -hmm. uh, I thought that was pretty funny. And then Anne Hathaway kind of tells her, no, the way you make it big is because no, no man's going to ever, uh, think that you're smarter than him. And And I think that's like, can be comical too in the way that she would use that. But then we get to the end of the movie, so it starts out sort of like, oh, we, we're smarter than them, than them, but they don't know it. But then at the end of the movie, the only way that they could, like, double or triple and, you know, be really rich is if this guy joins forces with them. And so, mm-hmm. spoiler, there's the end. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, that's, it kind of was like, okay, like, you know, this movie is just fun to watch, whatever. And then that's how it ended. I was like, oh, that's kind of a bummer, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, it could have just been, like, okay or whatever, but I felt like that that kind of concept for the end was a bit of a bummer. It was. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to rip into it, so you better <laughs> go. You better no, go. For go it. for it. Okay. Well, adding on to that. Um, the end credits they're playing some song that's like we're bad bitches and we yeah. rule the world but they're like motorboating away with little <laughs> yeah. non-Frodo yeah. guy yeah. it's just like I'm not inspired at all and I it makes more sense if this is based on an old film mm-hmm. especially if it was like a, like quite a bit older Mm -hmm. i looked it up it was from 88 oh okay so i was thinking it kind of had like a pink panthery feel almost like the original Mm -hmm. pink panthers was just like this weird Mm -hmm. goofy world where you're just like con artists like have names like medusa and they know about her you know like it's just kind of silly Mm -hmm. um but if it was kind of like oh these men are taking advantage of women and then a woman flips on him then it's like that's kind of pro-woman and so that was kind of maybe like more progressive but then when they flipped it to be like female and thought that would be progressive and feminist but then they had to get conned in the end so it's like they should and then they play that dumb 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 song yeah it was so bad my my okay I felt like, so Rebel Wilson, I feel like it's funnier maybe as a um, side character. Mm-hmm. Like, I think she's so funny in things like Pitch Perfect. I mean, but maybe she just wasn't used well. But, I mean, I don't want to, like, unleash the minions of Anne Hathaway on us and on this house. But I was like, she was, like, unlikable, but not because she was a crook. Like... I felt like her, she was so overdone. Like, it was just like, Mm. isn't Anne Hathaway, like, likable and a good actress? And in this movie, it was, like, it was just, like, really strange. It was, like, young girl pretending to be a British person. And then they Mm kind of hinted that maybe her, like, her accent wasn't um, genuine, but then they never explained it. I actually didn't explain anything about anyone and where they came from Mm -hmm. at all. Yeah. So you're kind of like, I don't That's probably why we, we don't even remember anything because it was like... That's true. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, you know, stealing and then that's it. Mm-hmm. I'm done. Also, very beginning of the movie, 
Um, there's like a lot of stuff where, like the way that um, Rebel Wilson's character Penny gets to France or decides to go to France is she's running away from a con. She sees a flyer in the parking lot that just says South of France. Like you should go or something, <laughs> and then she's in France. We're just like full of little things like that that were just like, oh, I guess we're doing this now. So, anyway, I guess that wasn't as hard as I thought. No, no, I definitely agree. And that moves kind of to the next question: was how did you think the acting was, and how did you think mm. the story was? And I totally agree with you on Anne Hathaway. Whatever accent she was doing. It like it wasn't good at all. When I first heard it, I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be one of her fake accents," but it's the mm-hmm. one that she carried <coughs> for the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I didn't think that great. That was great. Rebel Wilson's acting, I thought, was on par for other Rebel Wilson things. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I just didn't think the story was very Did good. Did she carry her Australian accent for the whole movie? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like she didn't for some reason, but um, maybe it was more prominent at parts. I, I don't know. I want to say there was one part that Anne Hathaway tried to do an Australian accent, or German accent, or something oh, else. something different. Where it was another oh, yeah. one where I was like, yeah. oh, this isn't your strong accent. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. I mean, I thought Rebel was right on par with the kinds of films that she, she does. She like herself, yeah. But, uh, yeah, not the strongest Anne Hathaway. Honestly, Princess Diaries was a little more better acting. <laughs> yeah, and that's like a Disney teen yeah, movie and yeah. she was like so much Don't get me wrong. Better. That movie was played and then rewound and then played and oh, rewound yeah. in yeah. the yeah. house that I grew up in. Maybe by me, maybe by not. But um, that is neither here nor there. Um, as far as the accent goes, I guess my impression was that it was bad because it was like fake and overdone mm-hmm. and that was supposed to be funny but I think Mary's right in that they just didn't develop the characters enough you didn't know anything about mm-hmm. their backstories and so there wasn't enough enough depth there to maybe care yeah. about the characters in the way that you like to whenever you watch movies and and especially because it's uh con artist movies rely mm-hmm. so heavily on the the scheming and the plots and like how you got that good at what you're yeah good at you know the fact like that you don't actually know anything about the person mm-hmm. probably was an element that was that was missing and one of the yeah. reasons why it was ultimate ultimately like kind of yeah. flat i mean even even it could have been a solid joke if at some point in the movie rebel wilson was like all right, this accent sucks. Like, where are you from? Like, I've been able to tell the whole time, you know? Right. But it was never it's not like an American accent. It's somewhere in Europe. That's the accent she's doing, but I don't know. Could have been a funny joke, but... I just came off watching um, Ocean's 8 last night, and I felt like that was, like, a good comparison Mm -hmm. of, like, Mm -hmm. okay, all women doing a con. There's not a ton of backstory. There's not really a lot at all. But just the way they started, like she's in prison and you you just like get a, a good glimpse of who she is like right away. Mm-hmm. And even that has Anne Hathaway and she was like way funnier and oh, way yeah. more likable oh, in that yeah. than yes. in this one. And, and for like a just fun kind of like no, what is it? No skin off your nose, no sweat off your back. Mm-hmm. Just kind of like an easygoing yeah. movie, like 
it's not like there was a lot to it, but it was just so, so much better done, and the people were so much more likable mm-hmm. than um, well, this one. I think in a movie like like Ocean's Eight, I think I've only seen it once, but even in that movie, they imply and they refer to your background, right? Or even when they go and get people for their crew, mm-hmm. you're kind of like finding them doing so- like. There's even more backstory in no backstory in that yeah. way than mm-hmm. there is in this. Like, That's um, true. do we ever really know why? Oh, well, I think the most sincere thing that Penny ever says in the movie is something about um, how she always waits for a moment in the con when the guy like looks at her because she's ugly or something mm-hmm. like that, and then she'll decide if she's gonna con him. I think that's the most personal thing you got from either yeah. character in the whole show, and then like her kind of feeling bad because he was a nice guy for some reason, mm-hmm. which means that he really did con her. She was about know. to like change. She was mm-hmm. about to be a rounder character, as round mm-hmm. as anyone could be in this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they just throw it away yeah. because he conned them and they're like, oh, we're going to get him back. Actually, we're going to go into business with him. Yeah. Just throw that message completely away. Yeah. It was a, a shame. And so now I rob banks. Yeah. Because she taught me to. Further comments on acting and story? No. No? No. All right. That leads us to the big question. Did this movie deserve 15%? Hmm. (laughs) I think we we know what Mary thinks, but... (laughs) I'm trying. I keep flipping it around. Like, does it deserve less or does it deserve... 15. 15. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if, if I should be allowed to reference other episodes in this, but I will say there is, um, I found myself a little more defensive of Holmes and Watson, which was episode one, um, and I found myself defending it because comedy is so subjective mm-hmm. that it's like hard to judge it, but when I'm thinking about it, because there's not... Mm, like that much character development in that movie either, but I think we all go into something like Holmes and Watson already knowing who those characters are. So there's not a need to kind of go mm-hmm. into as much backstory. But even with that said, they did show Sherlock Holmes as a kid and why like he is mm-hmm. like he is or whatever. So I don't know. <clears throat> but anyway, Sherlock at Holmes and Holmes, I'm wondering why I was like more defensive of that movie than this one. Because it's men, I th- probably. It's probably because it's men. <laughs> um, but I think it's because we already had that character assumption. Although I will say, just so you guys know, like the, the weakest part of Sherlock and Holmes was the story for that as well. Obviously, it was good actors and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. The story left him high and dry. And I kind of, I don't know. Yeah, the story was just missing some things here. Then Anne Hathaway wasn't, like, her best. Did it deserve 15% for me? I'd probably stick at a 15%. I wouldn't give it any higher, any lower, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys can think about that. <laughs> think about that question. You know my opinion. We're going to move into the next segment of the show, which is where I read you some reviews, and then you let me know if you agree or disagree with them. <laughs> These are from Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, I did not make these up. (laughs) Um, Okay, so the first one is from Katie Walsh with the LA Times says, it's the irony of all ironies that one walks away from the hustle feeling a little well hustled. Agree or disagree? Is it a little well hustled or a little (laughs) well Well, hustled? A little comma well comma hustled period. Gotcha. I'd say that's about right. 
Yeah, I would say that was right if she was expecting the movie to be good, but I don't know why she would do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, if she looked on her own is, site. This is America. Yeah. It is innocent until proven guilty. Okay. okay. I think yeah, even I knowing know. how bad it was going into it, knowing we all knew it had a 17%. Yeah, that is true. And we that knowingly made the decision to purchase tickets anyway yep. and watch it. Yeah. But still with the setup, with the feminist, seemingly feminist setup, and then the twist at the end. Yeah. It's It still was even more of a letdown than I... That's where it drops the 2%. Anticipated. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. I really had no expectations going into the movie because I really didn't know a lot about it. I honestly thought in my mind <laughs> that we were going to see Longshot. <laughs> <laughs> so you were very disappointed. So, I was very disappointed. <laughs> it's very sad. <laughs> so Heather, Heather can give us some fresh perspective. <laughs> she went in thinking what? 60%? Yeah, I was thinking it was going to be a better movie, and really the best part of the movie was the pizza and beer I ordered. (laughs) There you go. All right, next review. Richard Roper from the Chicago Sun-Times says, even with a running time of 93 minutes, the hustle felt about an hour too long. I agree. Yeah. (laughs) It deserved a minute for every point on Rotten Tomatoes that it had. I would that it say. had? So you're giving us 17 minutes, not 15? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, let's not, let's not just like put the, words in my mouth. I just want you to know this podcast will last forever. So like, <laughs> um, No, I, I would actually, my math is off because he's saying it deserves 33 minutes. Mm-hmm. I'm saying it only deserves between 15 to 17. It should oh. be a short, a Pixar short. Actually, <laughs> man, maybe it would have come off a little more clever if it was. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> All right. Next one. Rafer Guzman. Just kidding. This <laughs> is <laughs> an old review from the last movie. That is someone's name, but that was from the last one. Uh, Christy Lemire. Sorry if I'm butchering anyone's names on here. She is from RogerEbert.com, and she says it's not terrible. It's not anything, really, except an excuse for Hathaway to swan about in a series of clingy dresses and fake accents and Wilson to pratfall and deadpan her way from one outlandish scheme to the next. I find that incredibly accurate. That, uh, yeah, that sounds pretty like, accurate. I don't, I don't hate it. I'll never watch it again. Uh, but it wasn't anything. I think that would be an accurate review for yeah. me. Unaffecting yeah. in every way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so the next one is Andrew Kendall from Stabroke News. I don't know. This is what they say they're from. Stabroke News? S- Stabroke <laughs> News. Oh, okay. Oh. I heard Canoes, too. He says, it's incredibly slight and foolish, but it ends up committing to its ridiculousness in a way that I could not help but respect. No. Agree or disagree. Interesting. <laughs> no respect. Well, he is a good news salesman. <laughs> <laughs> he tried He's his best. He's an official critic for Stabrick Canoes. <laughs> <laughs> respect. <laughs> I will say that going into it, when I did first go into it, I did not have expectations and just 
wanted to sit mindlessly and be entertained. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't have any strong feelings one way or the other immediately coming out of it. It wasn't until after I kind of thought about it more and read the reviews and then watched an actually good comedy, Mm -hmm. The Long Shot, the next week that made me realize what comedy could be and and how short um, the hustle fell. Yep. But I... As I was watching it mindlessly, the silliness didn't bother me, mm-hmm. and and I did chuckle at a few parts. Yeah, and what didn't feel, I was just wasn't feeling critical that night. Yeah, no, of anything. I, I, you definitely go. I swing back and forth uh, between um, not wanting to be super critical of people trying to make people laugh. I mean, that's. I think I heard a stand-up once say like, the like. Someone told him his laugh was terrible, and he's like, oh, yeah, wait till I'm, like, the most vulnerable and sincere and mm-hmm. give you this genuine laugh, and you're like, that was disgusting. Like, <laughs> you know, like, I feel kind of the same with comedies as it, uh, it's supposed to make someone laugh and we're ripping it apart. But then, you're exactly right, we go see someone who did it really well, and I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> that was <kind> of <laughs> <laughs> um, Okay. So those were all official official critics. Um, next, we're moving on to just two more reviews, and they're just by regular paper people who submitted them. I mumble way too much to be on a podcast. <laughs> um, I don't know how we communicate as friends. I'm realizing as in this podcast, much divination. <laughs> yeah. uh, they make me write a lot of things down. <laughs> um, so these two regular reviewers, one of them, her name is Janet, and she says, it had some funny parts, but it was kind of boring. Two and a half stars. <laughs> I kind of like this review. I like Janet. <laughs> oh, that review was funnier than the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Divine. I don't know. Mm. He gave it five stars, and he said, loved it, hoping they came out with another. I thought we'd end on a positive note. Yeah. <laughs> it already felt like a sequel. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> and even like the bad guy who was Medusa, yeah. they were like, just kidding, it's not Medusa, it's her nephew. Yeah. And it's like, whoa, but you don't know who Medusa yeah. is at Yeah, all. you never yeah. know. Where was Medusa? I wonder if Medusa so was in Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, you think? Yeah, well, it must have been the woman that conned them in the yeah. original. Maybe. Surely. We need to, we or need to watch just, that. Yeah. Referring yeah. to the actual Greek myth. So if there's a second hustle mm-hmm. for sequels, is there like a, a mathematical equation for like, is it like half the percentage of the first movie is the sequels rating on Rotten Tomatoes? Oh. Or Getting can scientific. we expect a hustle two to be a 7.5%? Oh, do you think they'll do one? No, I mean, reviews? they do have a lot of questions they need to answer. That is true. Maybe this whole... <laughs> 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 maybe maybe it's a man answer. Maybe if the Hustle 2 goes into in-depth backstory, maybe it's it's going to double its score. Uh, so, final thoughts. None of us really loved it, but you have to give me your your percentages on this. I gave it 15, no more than, no less. Mary? Uh... I'm trying to think math-wise, less or equal to 15, probably. 
You have to give me a full a whole number. Oh. <laughs> Fifteen. Fifteen. <laughs> Heather? I really did not enjoy the movie that much. Uh, hey. I'd probably have to go lower than 15. Okay. Oh. You know, maybe like a 12%. <laughs> 12. <laughs> All right. Lauren. You know, I have fond memories of just that evening spent with friends. Aww. And if I'm going to just be honest with how I was feeling in the moment, I might go with like a 25%. 25. I'm going to be generous. All right. Beep, bop, boop, bop, beep. Our average cream of the crop score for this movie, 16 and three <laughs> 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 I think if you're going to give it a 25%, then a quarter of us has to be present with the person watching it because that's we true. were it makes why it, that much it better. was, we were why it was good for you. Yeah. Exactly. This is true. Okay. Man. Deal. That's all the scheduled programming for this episode. Um, anybody have any final remarks? Anything else you'd like to add? Yeah, the hustle was great. You should all watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Low bars here. Low bars. <laughs> and that was episode two. Thank you so much for coming and being on the podcast. Thanks Thank you, Pam. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much for listening to episode two of Cream of the Crap. Guess what? We're now on a few more platforms. We've got YouTube, Podbean, Spotify. We just submitted to iTunes. Anywhere of those places that you want to listen, please find us and like us. Also, find us on Instagram at Extra Whip. See you at episode three.